Sunday time will dry the tears from my eyes. But just between you and me, I'm not so sure about it. Cause just between you and me, you're too much to forget. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dub on the um, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, December the 15th, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, Hey, Joel. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, New York, where we are bracing ourselves for what is projected to be a massive winter snowstorm that's supposed to drop 8 to 12 inches in less than 24 hours uh you know i'm i'm predicting three inches right that's happened the last couple of times it happens all the time they're like oh we gotta everything like they shut down outdoor dining already tomorrow starting at two o'clock so i probably won't have work um unless they change that um, and I, I'm be willing to bet that it's going to be nothing. Yeah. And also joining us tonight, returning special guest, Marin. Marin, how's it going? Doing great. This is Marin. I'm coming at you from Portland, Oregon, where I am drinking glue vine, which is my new specialty. And oh. very excited for the holiday season soon approaching. Wait, what is Gluevine? Yeah, what oh, is Gluevine? Like vine? spiced wine. It's delicious, and it comes oh, hot. Like, like mold? Is it mold? I don't know, Sam. What's the difference between mold wine and Gluevine? What? Say, wait, what is it called? Gluevine. G-L-U-H-W-E-I-N. Hmm. <clears throat> G. Okay. I think it's basically like a Christmassy warm sangria. Does it have spices? What spice? Do you add spices to it? Is it red wine with spices added? I believe so, but I don't add the the spices. It comes pre-spiced, and all you gotta do is dump it in a mug and put it in the microwave for two minutes. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, it sounds the same. Uh, You can do that. You take red wine, you you know, anise, cinnamon, orange peel, and like cook it, and it's. Delicious. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that sounds good. Glue wine is German for mold wine. There we go. Yeah. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. All right. We good. Well, that was an excellent uh, introduction because although this is ostensibly a baseball podcast, we're going to do a little episode of Top of the Crock. Top of the Crock. Top of the Crock. <laughs> We are excited. Before we get started, I want to uh, make sure this is you can be listening to us on all your social media applications. Apple iTunes, give us a rating and review. You can listen to us on Spotify and or SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash umpinhemp. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. Also check out, well, first of all, check out our Instagram page that Sam has turned into a excellent top of the crock Instagram page. Also Check out Marin's Instagram page. She has been posting on it constantly. It's good. That's good. I definitely did a social media blitz 
recently. You are, what, what's your at? What's your handle on Instagram? Manly Jewelry. Manly Jewelry. Yeah, Lee is L E I G H. Yeah. But I make jewelry. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. I've been following you. It's good. It looks good. It looks Thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, so we have a lot of cooking and food and drink to talk about. It's the holiday season. But really, guys, man, how's your fantasy football team going? I want to know. Really terribly. I was, like, all set to be in the playoffs. I was crushing it. I was leading the league for, like, three or four weeks. And then my team took a giant shit. And now I'm, like, second to the last <laughs> So what happened? Like, who who came up short for you? Uh, a bunch of people. Lots of injuries. I feel like this was kind of the season of injuries. I don't know if it always is, but for me, it felt very injury-prone. Um, I spent my first round pick on Lamar Jackson, and he spent the first probably 12 weeks <laughs> sucking it hard. He, just, he did not perform well. There were several weeks where he got, like, under 10 points. And so... I took him out and replaced him with uh, Justin Herbert, which I was pretty excited about, but then he yeah. started sucking. Yeah. So my top running back, Nick Chubb, was out for most of the season. Oh. That was a big hit. That's no good. Yeah, I'm not Justin Herbert bandwagon. That's a shoot. I know. He was great. Yeah. He's, he's, I like, I'm sad that the Chargers are like 3-10 and 10 or something like that. But yeah. I know. It was crazy because he was doing so well, but they still kept losing. Yeah. The team. Uh, so I don't know if either of you watched that Monday night game, Ravens v. Browns. And I am on poop gate. I am convinced that the reason Lamar Jackson ran to the locker room in the fourth quarter, he had to take a massive fucking dump. That's that's my take on well, not my take. I, I co-signed all the conspiracy theorists who say that he is claiming he did not need to prove he had the cramps, but you can't run like that when you have a, a leg cramp, maybe you had a hand cramp or something like that. Can you run like that if you have to take a giant shit? You run exactly <laughs> how you need to to get to the bathroom, probably. <clears throat> That's what I would think, Sam, except Paul Pierce in the 2008 NBA Finals who got a wheelchair to go take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul Pierce, you know, that guy, you know, he, he's got some flash to him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's, literally, that's literally what Lamar Jackson said in the, his uh, post-game interview. They asked him about it. He's like, I didn't pull no Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just owned up to it. I think so. Sam, how's your fantasy team going? Well, I'm in the playoffs. I had a bad week last week, but I still squeaked into the playoffs in the number four spot in the league. Um, and it bodes well for me because my team, basically, I'll have a good week and then a terrible week. And it's not good because my success kind of is really heavily invested in the Minnesota Vikings. Because um, I have their... Yeah, Thielen and Jefferson. I have both of them. Thielen sucked last week. Yeah. I had him too. So did Jefferson. And this guy, this guy Jefferson, he's a kid. He's a rookie. Uh, and he's having a really great year. He'll probably get rookie of the year, I think. Um, but it's like, 
Um, <clears throat> you know, if the if the Vikings offense has a bad day, then that's it for me, basically. So, it's not great. And I picked him up. Jefferson I picked up late in the draft because he was a rookie, but and he's become probably my number two receiver behind Thielen. Um, but they're kind of they're 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 linked. And also, it's so like both it, of your receivers are on the Vikings. Yeah. And that's not how I drafted it, but that's just how it ended up because they're both good. Do you feel like they compete with each other? Like, they, I mean, they then you're can. not getting like a top receiver for a different team who's getting all the throws or getting <clears throat> they really can, catches, right? But uh, it's like Thielen's a slot guy, and then this guy Jefferson is like the deep threat. So um, they can both have good so the days. Worst- the workhorse who gets all the yards and then the guy who gets all the touchdowns. Right, exactly. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, J- Justin, Justin, yeah, Justin Jefferson, like, he can get me 14 points on one play, basically. He, you know, he'll get, like, a 50-yard reception and then a touchdown. And, like, that's the majority of his day, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whereas Thielen gets, like, a, you know, 10-yard 10, 10 receptions or whatever. Yeah. Mary, did you happen to watch? We talked about this on the pod last week. Did you watch that game between the Raiders and the Jets that the Raiders won on the last play? I don't think so. Once okay. I stop, <laughs> so this is my second week of not being in the playoffs. And so as soon as I was no longer <laughs> in the playoffs, watching. I kind of stopped watching. <laughs> Pretty consistently. Right. I also fucking hate the Raiders. Why? I, a I, bunch I, of assholes. I, I think, yeah. They're a bunch of assholes, and Gruden is like a dick. Did you guys see that um, HBO series? I think it was HBO. No, what was it called? Was that what was it called? We don't remember, but it was like a short series about uh, the like Raiders training camps and stuff. And I like yeah. Derek Carr is really uncomfortably religious for me, and also like. Gruden is just an asshole. Yeah, Gruden sucks. And I and it like fosters an entire team of just like shitty like bitch throwing tantrum folks. I don't know. They just like pick fights. <laughs> don't play. They play dirty. I don't know. I don't like them. Right. Yeah. So it's weird because I've got lots of random friends who are Raiders fans. Yeah, like, a lot of people love the Raiders. A lot of people love the Raiders. There is Raider Nation. It's a real thing. I'm like, have you ever been to Oakland? And they're like, they don't play in Oakland. They play in Las Vegas. And I'm like, have you ever been to Oakland? Right. Like, well, man. they were also in, like, L.A. not too long oh, ago. Well, L.A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I also don't like the Raiders. And it's mostly because of that guy Gruden. Because he, like... Was uh, what he coached Tampa Bay, right? And then they went to the yeah. Super Bowl, and then he became a commentator. Ironically, right? And then he became a commentator, and then the Raiders gave him so much fucking money to just be a five hundred or worse team, basically. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was a great commentator. He was funny and like charismatic as a commentator. Yeah, and he did some commercials that were like entertaining. But now as a coach, I'm like, you're just a fucking dick. <laughs> like, Yeah. I get real, you know, 
alt-right Donald Trump vibes from him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's probably 80%, 85% of uh, NFL coaches. You know, MAGA. Except for Pete Carroll, because Pete Carroll believes in crystals and thinks 9-11 was an inside job. Pete Carroll's the most fun to watch on the <laughs> sidelines. He gets so excited. <laughs> He's, like, jumping up on his players. I love the white guy. I know. <laughs> it was so sad to see him, like, all. He got, like, a knee injury or something, didn't he? He was, I like, know. on crutches or something for a while, and it was really sad to, like, not get the normal Pete Carroll jumping up and down and sprinting along the sideline. Wait, Jack Del Rio? I'm a big no. fan of. Joe. John Gruden, sorry. I'm a big fan of uh, Andy Reid. Like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, I like him. The, the uh, Walrus from yeah, yeah, Wilford Brimley looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah that why are you like an Andy Reid fan? I think he's good. I think he's good at his job, but I like his demeanor of being the fat friendly Walrus who like like he's like mellow. Like, he doesn't he just, strike me as friendly though. He just looks like a walrus. He kind of looks like a grumpy walrus to me. He looks like he's just sitting on his rock. Like, it's tired that he can't really move anywhere. There's just a little bit, like... He's got that gravity look. He's got the full face visor thing going on. I dig that. He, uh... Isn't there... The thing I like about him is that he was the protege of that guy who was the manager, the coach for <clears throat> Green Bay... During like Green Bay's, oh, before hey, like Brent Favre's yeah, heyday in the nineties, and he looks yeah. exa- it's like exactly the same. What's yeah, that guy's same. name? Also Holmgren. fat with a big mustache. Mike Holmgren. Yeah, Mike Holmgren. Exactly. Holmgren. Yeah. And they look That's the same. And he's like a protege of Holmgren. He just totally stole his look. Yeah, they could have been president in the nineteenth century. <laughs> Yeah. Do you guys know Alice in Wonderland, like the old Disney movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there like a walrus and a like top hat and suit who basically no, it... like eight little children, the little yeah. clam children? Yeah. yeah. That's who Andy Reid reminds me of. It's the walrus, walrus guy. Walrus and the coat and do. The walrus and the coat and do. Then he yeah. eats the coat and do. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of Andy Reid. All right. On that note, let's transition to top of the clock. Because Andy Reid eats children. No, 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 man. Do we, this is, uh, Andy Reid does not eat children. No, that's, a, that clear. that's a hot that's take right mean. there. Doesn't does not worship Satan. Does not eat children. Okay, we're good. Don't, don't don't go down the rabbit hole, man. I can't lose you down that rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> um all right so last week we talked we've been talking about boco for a while the vietnamese beef stew um sam you made it with venison last week right uh i i made it in the crock pot this week with beef so it wasn't you know as high quality but i'm pretty pleased with the outcome um and we talked I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago about like comfort food 
And why is comfort food genuinely in this culture not spicy? And it made me think about that because this kind of beef stew really felt like comfort stew to me. Now it's sweet. It's got the cinnamon and the anise. But I kept wondering if it was supposed to be spicier or not. If I just chickened out on the what the Thai chilies? I didn't. What'd you say? The Thai chilies. The Thai right, right. Well, but Vietnamese, not Thai. That's kind of what I was getting at. Tell me what again? You talked about Vietnamese food does not follow the same protocols that Thai food does in terms of of heat. Yeah. <clears throat> well, a little. This is a little Southeast Asian history situation. Really yes, interesting thing about Southeast Asia and Thailand is that it uh, there's a kind of shared flavor profile using a lot of like sugar and uh, like acid, like lime juice and vinegar um, and some chili peppers. But the interesting thing about Thailand is that Thailand was never colonized by either China or right. um, <clears throat> Western England. Western yeah, cultures. The whole point of the king and I. Yeah, right. right. And so, and Vietnam, like in comparison, and they're not right next to each other, but they're close. Vietnam right. spent, you know, a hundred years under Chinese rule and or so like a long time as under Chinese rule and then also a long time under French rule. So like the cuisine in Vietnam is really seriously influenced by both China and France and neither France. of those are particularly necessarily spicy food, like cuisines. Right. So in Vietnam, you'll see a lot of dishes that are not spicy in and of themselves and then they'll be served with an optional spicy condiment that you can you know, add or not, like a sriracha right. or whatnot. Right. So that, right, because uh, what are Vietnamese sandwiches called? Banh mi? Banh mi, yeah. Called? Yep. Yeah, they're on French bread. There's a reason right. why they were so in a baguette. Yeah, mm. and it's interesting because uh, it used to be that Vietnamese written language was written in Chinese characters because when the Chinese colonized Vietnam, they forced them to use Chinese characters and then when the French colonized Vietnam, they forced them to stop using Chinese characters and start using the Western alphabet. Um, and so yeah. Vietnamese writing looks very strange. Right, that's why it's uh, uh, Roman letters with, with different O's on top, right? right? Yeah, because, because you know like, it's you a tonal, it's a tonal language, and mm -hmm. the Western alphabet has no any sort of uh, ability to like convey tone. So yeah, fucking fascinating. Y'all didn't think you were gonna learn something today, did you? Suck <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, I really like, yeah, and I, I've got sriracha sauce. I didn't add it because I like, I, I, I kind of leaned into the savoriness of the dish. And after you mentioned France, I was like, oh, yeah, 
like fucking put some rabbit and potatoes in it. That they you know. Um, I had some. I had a, a point I was going to make, but now I lost it. Sam, tell me about that roast chicken you were making. <clears throat> oh yeah, I made a roast chicken uh, yesterday actually, and so I may I took. Let's see. I took rosemary, garlic, shallots, black pepper, Worcestershire sauce, Thai chilies, and maple syrup, and like mashed them all up together with the mortar and pestle, and then kind of smothered the chicken skin with that. And I boiled a lemon and some sweet potatoes and regular potatoes and some garlic, and I shoved the lemon into the cavity of the bird, put the potatoes down, put the chicken on top of it and the garlic with the potatoes and then just roasted the shit out of it in the oven. Yep. It was so good. Amazing. Yeah. I've never made a roast chicken. Oh, they're easy as hell. I love it. That's one of the two things I know how to cook. I can't do what he just did, but they're fucking delicious. Sam, I do mine at 350 and it takes like an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. Am I doing it wrong? Uh, that sounds, no, that sounds about right. I start it at like 425 for like half an hour or 45 minutes to get the skin nice and crispy. And then I turn it down to 350 okay. until it's done, which is usually like another half hour. Yeah. So what's the maple syrup do on that chicken? What what purpose does it Caramel. serve? Yeah, it makes it gives it a little better caramelized color, and it also like, <clears throat> you know, things that because uh, you only have what five senses of taste, right? And so if you can, and then the rest of it is like picked up by your nose, but essentially the more of your taste buds that you activate on your tongue, like the more full of flavor is going to taste. So if you add, like I put maple syrup just a little bit in almost everything I cook because it, it gives it kind of a, it's like straight white sugar just as a little bit sweet, but the maple syrup gives you a little bit more of a caramel, uh, and like vanilla, like a little bit more richness. And it really kind of, like brings out the fullness in flavor i think i'm from vermont i you know i put maple syrup in everything you are from vermont that <laughs> is what i was going to say <laughs> i've become a really big fan of honey lewis and i eat honey what well, we put honey in our like tea and coffee but we never had honey growing up and so i, I don't know i like honey it's really good in like dressings yeah sauces Honey That's is kind amazing. Of the same thing, but it like adds a little bit of sweetness with your vinegars and spices. <clears throat> yeah, honey is a much more distinctive flavor, I feel like, than maple syrup, which is why it's a little bit less. Like, I wouldn't use honey as kind of like multi purpose. Yeah, exactly, as I would maple syrup, just because it's a little bit more uh, powerful. Like, you taste something and it's got honey, and you're like, oh, damn, that's got honey in it, you know? Hmm. <clears throat> Which I feel is, like I would notice the maple syrup pretty significantly, too. Yeah. I feel like it does have that more, like, caramel flavor. Yeah. 
But that fades into the background more, I think. Have you guys had so, Bar so Hill just... Gin? What? What? Bar Hill Gin. Have you ever heard of that? Sounds like Vermont nonsense. <laughs> Drink a glass of gin and some maple syrup. <laughs> it, it is it is a Vermont company. Um, I think it recently won like best gin in the world, or so. it just recently won a big award. You guys should check it out if you can find it, uh, Marin. If you're in the honey, especially because what they do is like, you know, they make gin. Gin's like a a base spirit, and then like every company has their like proprietary blend of botanical like herbs and spices that they add to like infuse it with flavor and then everybody adds juniper essentially but what they do yeah. at bar hill is they just they like make mead essentially and then distill this like honey wine and then they just add juniper berries and then the rest of the botanicals are all of those like uh you know, flower and herb notes that come directly from the honey, and it's so fucking good. Uh, is there, are there juniper trees in the in New England? What's that? Are there juniper trees in New England? I don't know. Because as an Oregonian, like that's where juniper trees come from, right? Yeah. Dad always thought he was allergic to Jen because he is allergic to juniper berries. Yep. And he's got that story when he went to go see John Lee Hooker and got drunk on gin. It's a good story. Tell it sometime. <laughs> I was uh, wondering if he's actually allergic or if he just got really shit-faced on gin. Oh, good. Uh, I got. Wait, I, I want to say one thing, and then I want to transition to cocktails. So think about your co- your holiday cocktail recipes. Before, like Sam's roast chicken is premium roast chicken. I do want to throw if you are feeling lazy and basic and want to make my roast chicken, it's pretty fucking good because you just get a whole chicken. I cut up a bunch of red potatoes, salt, pepper, tarragon, thyme, oregano. I like cayenne pepper on mine. I like paprika on mine. Chop up an, uh, a lemon. Squirt lemon juice over everything and then shove it up the ass. And then as much garlic as I can manage, four or five cloves, shove that up the ass. Stick it in the oven, usually an hour 30, hour 45 at 350. Like, that that feeds me for a while. And that's fucking delicious. You so, just you listed so many more ingredients than I used. Like... <laughs> Mine's not premium. Yeah, I like put boil, so much less shit in mine. The world of boiling the potatoes <laughs> or getting the fancy syrup. Or you did another thing that Word I like. Mortal and pistol. Mortal and pistol. Mortal and yeah. pistol. Thank you, Mary. Yes, <laughs> I did, do not do a mortal and pistol. <laughs> so Lewis and I made chicken and noodles the other day, and it was his grandma's recipe. And so we boiled a whole chicken. Ooh. He did. Uh, and then use that as the broth. And then we pulled apart all the chicken. And I kept thinking about my grandma who would just like sit there for hours and pick literally every single possible piece of meat off of the carcass. Yeah, that's where the good shit is. That's where I'm sitting. But then we picked all of the chicken off and then we um, added the broth 
batches of egg noodles, cook the egg noodles for way longer than you would normally cook noodles for, and then add the chicken back in. Nice. Pepper. Very good. Kind of creamy. That was good. What kind of noodles? Egg noodles. Wide egg noodles. Yeah. That sounds good, too. I've never boiled a chicken before, and the amount of fat that came off of that was disgusting. Right. Yeah. Nasty. Everything was covered in chicken fat. <laughs> so we don't have a dishwasher, so everything we wash, we have to wash by hand. And it was all chicken fat. Yeah, that sounds nasty. <laughs> the dish sounds delicious. Worth the it. Leftover, the pot of jellified chicken gunk sounds disgusting. Yeah. Sam, do you have a boiled chicken? Yeah, there's actually, moving back to Southeast Asia, there's this dish. Please. Another fun history, Asian history fact. There's this place, there's this uh, province in China called Hainan. Wait. Yeah, Hainan. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. And in like, I think it was like World War II maybe, there was like this really crazy, um, like I think that maybe the Chinese government was like developing a biological weapon and everybody got really sick on this island and so many people died and a ton of people left the island. And that province of China is right next to Vietnam. And so a lot of these people was like a mass migration from China into Southeast Asia. And <clears throat> there's this dish that's all throughout. They like have versions of it in every Southeast Asian country that is called Hainan chicken. And it's that same, basically that same dish that you just described, except for with rice. So you like boil the hell out of this chicken and then you cook your rice in this like really greasy chicken broth and then chop up the chicken oh. and serve it over the rice. And you get a, a like, you get the greasy rice with the chicken and then like a cup of broth with it. Anyway, it's really good. There's a place in Portland that like now is Kamangai, I think. Yeah, Kamangai. Basically, is all that just like boiled white chicken with rice. Yeah, and some dipping sauces. That's in uh, in oh, Thai. It's called Kamangai, mm. <clears throat> and it's like a street food dish. It's really good. Nice. Yep. What? Uh, so, in you know, we haven't had you on in a long time, Marin. In COVID, have you like? Did you get into the sourdough bread craze or do you make a bunch of pickles or did you do any of these like quarantine cooking projects that people have been doing? Uh, not as much as I probably feel like I should have because I, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that stuff. I did bake bread for the very first time ever, but it was just like your standard country loaf. How did it turn out? Uh, that involved no kneading or anything like that. Oh, nice. Uh, but it was good. And I put it with some beef stew. It's very edible. <laughs> uh, um, I made some, like, lemon poppy seed pound cake. Oh, it was man. pretty good. Big fan of that. I actually got some more buttermilk to make that soon. Because it's quite yummy. That sounds really good. Made some zucchini bread. Got, like, pretty into cooking for a little while. And then 
after about two months of quarantine was like, fuck this. And then I just ordered out takeout like every <laughs> single night for probably another month. Right, right, right. That's what happens. Yeah. And with delivery, it's awesome because you can get delivery from like four different places and they all come to your house. So you can just have like your own little food cart worth of food and then... <laughs> You got leftovers. And you can have the delivery person leave it at your door. You don't have to make human contact because you haven't made human contact in like three months. And you're, <laughs> you're Gollum. You're Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And you just want your fucking chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, it's like, because I, I also don't have a dishwasher. And so like getting really into cooking... It's like you also then have to get really into doing dishes, and that sucks. <laughs> For three meals a day. Yeah. It's like every single time you turn around, there's dishes to wash. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I just literally made an egg on some toast, and that's like three dishes. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Do you guys want to talk about takeout, or do you want to talk about cocktails? Takeout. Okay, so what is, like, and so one thing, man, I don't know if you've been listening to the pod, but every weekend I, I do my Friday night takeouts, right? I try to do something new and adventurous as far as I can. I try to support my local businesses. Like, so we talked last week about frog legs. I had frog legs for the first time. They were weird. And they were okay. Yeah, and, uh, you went to France. You never had any food? I've never had frog legs in France. And these were southern-style frog legs. Definitely not French-style frog legs. Got it. Uh, what is the most adventurous takeout you've had during the pandemic? Or something that, that pushed your culinary boundaries? It's kind of sad to say. I haven't really pushed my habits much mostly because one i think a lot of restaurants are kind of floundering right now right that's the problem and two i think honestly a lot of things that would be like fancy or out of my comfort zone don't do well with takeout like they don't really transfer well that's a good point sam's always calling me out on that because i don't give a damn (laughs) i think it makes a big difference Joe's like, I got a souffle delivered to my house, and it wasn't great. And I'm like, Joe, you can't order a souffle for delivery. It's just not going to be good. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be like a third of the original size. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, shrimp's going to be all, like, wet and soggy. <laughs> yeah. We had takeout from this Indonesian place the other day that was a little bit more adventurous than our normal um, and it was good. A lot of it was like fried food, so it did do pretty well because it was like still crispy and greasy. Um, but they had some like chicken skewers with cool peanut sauce on it. That was pretty yummy. And like a beef stew broth soup kind of style. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, but honestly, we've kind of been, I'm getting a little bit bored with our takeout right now because I am gravitating towards our like five or six places that right. we go to most of the time. Right. Because it's also like, if I'm ordering out, like I would always go to new places, right? Like in person, I would always go try new places. But when I order out, the 
adventure of trying something new is less exciting to me because yeah. I don't want the food to come and then be disappointed because then I don't have the experience of like going out with friends or people to like make up for the crummy food if it is crummy. Totally. That make sense? <clears throat> Absolutely. I also think that like takeout is such an uphill battle already because it's like by the time it like goes from the restaurant to the delivery guy to your house and then by the time you get it it's already not going to be as good as it was when it was like fresh you know and so <clears throat> it's like and I feel like that's the real danger in trying new places is like I don't know especially you're not going to like it because it's going to be below it's normal anyway right exactly and it, also it's like with you know DoorDash and Grubhub and all that it's like so many places that gen, like shouldn't be doing takeout do takeout, you know? Yeah. They have to. Right. Yeah. 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 There's this one like fancy Mediterranean restaurant that we got early on that actually like transferred pretty well and was like quite fancy and tasted like we we're kind of out to dinner, which is really exciting. Nice. Um, so that's kind of like aside from sandwiches and French fries and burgers and like kind of your standard just like yeah. it's so greasy it doesn't really matter if it's cooked the right way still tastes pretty good that's kind of our norm or sushi we had sushi the other day too yeah sushi is good takeout great takeout yeah i do um, i'm like a good mexican place and then a good like place for banh mi and noodle soup that's good but it's, I feel like, like, you gotta order, you gotta, like, find the places that are good and then go with those, I think. Yeah, that's kind of been our stand, what we've been doing lately. But it's also getting boring, so it's kind of like, oh, we could just order Lardo again, but we've had every sandwich on their menu, like, ten times. Right. I think you have taken me to Lardo three times. Time. It's great, man. Delicious <laughs> sandwiches, great fries. I, I, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. I think I visited four times. <laughs> yeah, but on one of those times, we saw Yusuf Nurkic, so it was well worth it. Yeah, we did see Yusuf Nurkic. That's true. That was cool. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got I got a couple of questions. One is, and and Sam, you don't have to answer this question now, but like, if folks actually do want to support their local restaurants, what is the best way to do that? Uh, probably um, takeout or gift cards. Honestly, is a good gift one. Cards. Uh, you know. Also, you know, like a lot of restaurants will do promotional things for the holidays. Like we're doing uh, these like cocktail boxes um, where you, you know, it's like, you know, ours are pretty expensive, but you just like buy it and it's like a bottle of booze and like a few and some mixers and some recipes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um that's so cool. that's cool for like Christmas gifts. Also, restaurant gift cards are good for Christmas gifts um, and 
support restaurants pretty well for sure. Because, you know, the problem right now, like, is, like, keeping revenue going. You know what I mean? Because people aren't, aren't really going out and you can't really, especially if people are, like, doing their takeout through Grubhub. Like, Grubhub takes 30%. Uh, mm -hmm. DoorDash takes 25% of that sale. So it's like, it's, it's impossible to like sustain your business on that alone. So another thing is like, if your restaurant does delivery, like order directly from the restaurant, like call the restaurant and order, or like if they yeah. you can order through their website, do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's something I've been trying to work on. I know in the Champaign-Urbana area, Fiesta Cafe, Black Dog, uh, the other restaurants I know who are like, oh, um, Golden Rainbow Chinese Food, which is my favorite standard Chinese food place. Uh, like, yeah, call them and they'll deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should work on that. We have literally dozens of listeners, and we should work, work on that. Yeah. Holidays. Let's wrap this up on this on this note. Yeah. Holiday cocktail specials. I hate eggnog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. <clears throat> you, you gotta have like good home like i hate eggnog that you get in the carton at the grocery store i believe i have had technically good homemade eggnog okay and i believe and you still it's didn't like it. that okay we also like never grew up drinking any kind of milk products though so that might that's be part point. of it yeah that's a good point or raw egg products <laughs> yeah one of my favorite drinks to whip up is just some, like, really nice apple cider with some whiskey and lemon. Yeah, yep. that sounds good. Toddy. Classic. Well, that's not but a hot toddy. It's not a toddy. It's, like, a, it's got the cider in it. Hot toddy is just, like, honey and lemon. And yeah. Wait, is this hot or cold? Hot. Hot. But my friend Alyssa and Hank, they made these, like, apple cider and tequila mixed drinks. Uh -huh. They were cold. And they were actually really good. It was like lime, apple cider, and tequila. And they were surprisingly very yummy. We I've always been just a whiskey and soda guy at home. Or like whiskey in a you know room temperature glass. But <laughs> in this pandemic... That's a running joke. The running joke is Sam drinks whiskey in a room temperature glass. Right. Just whiskey in a glass. Um... Which, you know, five years ago would have been no glass, just whiskey. Um, well, that's, uh, I, I tell people all the time about how we drank mint juleps back in the day. Yeah. Well, but the thing, what I was going to say is we just take had, a shot of Just take a swig of Jim Beam and then chew in some mint leaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take a shot of Jim Beam and then smoke we a menthol. The you know what I mean? Like... Um, oh, mojitos are the mint and rum, right? Yeah, mint and rum. Yeah, mojitos rum. Yeah, but yeah, mint julep is the uh, Kentucky 
Kentucky Derby drink. Got it. We've been making cocktails at home because we don't go to bars anymore. Yeah. So we like make martinis and old fashions and Manhattans. And that's that's as far as we've gotten. Oh, also Michelle okay, makes the so what, good martini Martini old fashioned because I've gotten into uh, disagreements about this. Okay. Whiskey, maple syrup, bitters, or sugar. You can just do sugar. Bitters, uh, a little bit of water, and then like a orange orange peel twist. So, so the water? No, I call that a newfangled. It's when you put soda water on it. Oh. Yeah, old fashioned doesn't have soda water. Let's, let's make whiskey with like maraschino cherry syrup and then some bitters. What is is that an old fashioned? Is yeah, I think that the maraschino cherry, the maraschino cherry liquid and the cherry added was like I think that that was like a something that happened in like steakhouses in the eighties. So that's also an old fashioned. Um, but I think that technically an old fashioned is like just it's supposed to be sugar and bitters and spirits and then ice and i think that's technically you water down the spirits you can either water it down with ice or you can water it down with water with a little water yeah oh and a twist i don't know why anybody does that this is a side note but joel have you seen stranger things uh as post two seasons yeah did you see Billy, the like creepy brother of the redheaded girl? Yes. You look, your hair is looking like that right now. God, God damn it! I knew you. I was like, <laughs> that's good. That guy was like a that guy was like a sex pot. Yeah, I mean, he was super hot. Yeah, it was not necessarily what it made him hot. But also, also, he is probably in this one thread, the uncle of Ralph Macchio. Uh, no, that's not his name. From Parks and Rec. Oh, John Ralphio. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, love that guy. Yeah, there we go. his. Anyway, I'm really excited about my right now. <laughs> I think I look cool. Like... I think I look cool. <laughs> okay, but the audience can't see how cool I look. But I know. Um, yeah. You might have to post a selfie on one of your Instagram accounts just to, <laughs> just to show them next to you and Billy from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up. What are we cooking next week? What do we need to be cooking next week? Technically, like next week for Christmas or just next week in general? Either. Um, what, yeah. You you wanted to talk about ham. I don't like ham. I feel like, are you going to do another Top of the Craft next week, though? Because we could continue the holiday theme next year or week. Uh, it's up to Sam. I don't know. I'll be here. I don't know, Sam, if you've got a vacation plan. TBD. I think that it's probably TBD, cool, yeah. but I'm going to go up to Vermont the next day, so I might need to pack and shit. Yeah. But maybe we'll yeah. do it Monday so, or something. 
Yeah, we may this this may be the last episode of season six. I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I, we we fucking don't know what it is. It's fine. Ham. So our only people that we see um, because of COVID are our friends Hank and Alyssa, and they're pretty into cooking, which is great. But Hank is a nurse, and he got a free promo for like a free turkey and a free ham. Sweet. Uh, and we had this debate last night if we were like, okay, so do we go for the free turkey or do we do the free ham? And it's like, one person's like, I hate turkey, and the other person's like, I hate ham. Um, so what do you make when you hate turkey and ham? Chicken. Yeah, chicken. I, uh, How do you make that, like, not just a normal dish? Uh, I think Sam gave us the recipe at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, well, you know, either of those things, you just, like, if you don't, I feel like if you don't like turkey, you make turkey sandwiches, you know what I mean? Because I feel like eating, like, because, you know, honestly, I think that if I'm roasting a bird, I think chicken is better than turkey, but I'd rather have a turkey sandwich. Chicken's way better than turkey. I mean, I do not hate turkey. Right. Chicken is so much better than turkey. You just can't feed a, a, Also, a feed. really love chicken. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you're unbiased in that statement. I think, yeah. No, that's just correct. Yeah, or you just, you know, take the tur- make make beans with the ham, you know? Yeah. I don't know, if you don't like something, you turn it into something else, I feel like. But you're saying still go for the free promos for sure. I mean, I say I say you don't turn your nose up at free food, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I'm thinking Sam about that the ham and beans, like you 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 chop it up and make it last for a really long time. Right. Exactly. You can make a Cuban sandwich. Sure. You can make pork and beans. You can. Throw yeah. it at your neighbor because it's hilarious. You, yeah. you can do a lot of things with that ham. Right. Or you, like, <laughs> donate it to a food bank. It's free. Donate it to a food bank. Just throw it at your neighbor. That's way better. Yeah. You got a, you got hills in Portland, right? You could just, like, go to the top of a hill and see if you could roll the ham all the way down it. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Check it off. <laughs> when pigs fly, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be my next Instagram blitz. <laughs> you get a lot of traction on that. I feel like. Uh, okay, yeah, you. Uh, um, I did want to. Okay, so I want to make another chili dish really badly. I don't know if I should go for the cowboy chili or my own. Secret recipe. What do you think? I think that you work on your signature chili. Yeah. What's the cowboy chili? Cowboy chili is pretty good. It, it's it's beef uh, stew. It's beef stew meat with beans and then ranch flavored beans. And Sam, I don't know what makes a bean a ranch flavored bean. But right, because we're not you. We're not talking Hidden Valley here. This is like no, cow, Cowboy was, Ranch. Yeah. yeah. I got that. I remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I needed clarification on this podcast. Sometimes. Uh, one, I have a chili recipe that's pretty good. It's got um, cornbread that you put on the top. And then oh, it cooks yeah. the cornbread on top. And so that's when you a, like spoon into it, it's chili on the bottom and then cornbread. That oh, sounds really yummy. Good. Then you add some like pickled jalapenos and sour cream on top. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like chili pie. Hmm? It's like chili pie. Kinda, yeah. It's just got like ground beef, kidney beans usually, but we used black beans last time and it was pretty good. And poblano peppers and some corn and then spices. And then you put like pretty easy cornbread mix on top and then you just cover it for like 15 minutes. And then it's delish. Oh, and cheese. Cheese. Yeah. Cheese. Gotta love chili. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up. Do you guys have any other recipes you need to share right now? Because we gotta go. Alyssa made a Basque cheesecake for Thanksgiving. Interesting. That was so fucking good. It was so good. <laughs> Basket cheesecake. <clears throat> what makes it Basque? Like the Basque country? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's got no bottom to it. There's no, like, crumb base or anything like that. And then it's, I think it cooks for way less, and so it kind of looks, like, a little bit burnt on the top, but it's still really creamy on the inside. And it's, like, lighter than a lot of cheesecakes, I think. It, like, feels a little less heavy. Um, Very good. Is there, like, a Basque cream cheese that you use? Is it, like, a different kind of cheese? No. Oh, I think pretty. it's pretty similar to a normal cheesecake recipe. It's just huh. that you cook it for way less time. Uh, um, I think at, like, higher heat, but I'm not 100% gotcha. sure because I didn't make it. But I think it's even better than normal cheesecake because it's lighter and fluffier. Yum. Very good. Nice. That's all I got to add. Sam, what are you going to be cooking this weekend? Uh, well, if I don't work tomorrow, I took the carcass of that chicken i made yesterday and made a bunch of broth so i'll make some noodle soup tomorrow if i have a snow day probably um because i have that chicken carcass and then uh a bunch of some vegetables so and a bunch you know i have a bunch of rice noodles kicking around so probably noodle soup tomorrow if if i don't work and if i work i'll just be cooking a bunch of other shit so <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, unless anybody's got anything else to say, I'm going to sign off. Last call. We could just keep going, but we probably shouldn't. <clears throat> no, Sam, where are we at? We're at 40 minutes now. We're at 54 well, minutes. we got to yeah. much yeah. longer and it won't right. transfer. Thanks for having me on top of the crap, guys. Yeah, come back again. Thank, thank you for being here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Top of the Clock. Top of the Clock. Top of the Clock to you. Glad to you by Dump on the Yelp. Ostensibly a baseball podcast. Listen to us on all your friendly social media applications, including Apple iTunes. Give us a rating, review, and subscribe. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash umpinhemp. Check it out on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to go viral again. That's my plan. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Marin on Instagram. Our Instagram is mostly cats and food, so you're going to like it.
Well, we can't go to any sporting events. Right, so. no. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're legally barred from all right. sporting events. So we'll just take pictures of dinner. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think I think we're on the right track, honestly. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Joel. Thank you for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Uh,